Influencers, inspiration, and Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. This is Earned by Tribe Dynamics. Here's Connor Begley. Welcome to Earned, everybody. Uh, excited to have you here today. Today, I am pumped because we have the uh, one of the big dogs in the beauty industry. So we've got the CMO of Ulta Beauty here, Shelly House, which I think has been one of the most transformational companies in the industry over the last 10 years. I've really been involved in the last eight, but I think in the last, even in the last eight, it's been uh, really, really cool to witness what you guys have done during that time period. So welcome to the show, Shelly. Thank you, Connor. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for those kind words. Definitely, definitely feels transformative. So we'll get into that. I can tell you when we started this podcast, I didn't think that you'd be coming on the show. So I am really excited that we've been able to step our game up and get folks, folks like yourself. Yeah, you've had a, you've had a lot of great people. So I'm excited to be part of the show and and part of part of your crew. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to get you in on the clubhouse on Fridays. So you have to come say hello. Um, and I think you are the first retailer, which is exciting. Awesome. So, Ret- retail is a fun business. We're the closest to the consumer. So it's, of it's course, yeah. of course. Well, let's start off with, uh, some current topics. So Dave, your boss is now the CM or CEO of Ulta, uh, which has to be really exciting. I mean, it never hurts to have your boss become the CEO of the company. I would have to imagine. Um, what do you think makes him a good fit for this role? I can't, I, you know, I don't think this decision was made overnight. It seems like this has been groomed for a while. But uh, what, what do you think makes him, uh, why do you think they chose him for that role? Well, you know, this is a very thoughtful and careful succession plan of Ulta Beauty. Mary, the board have worked closely together over the, you know, the eight years that she's been here to always think about what succession looks like. You know, we, we wish that Mary could stay forever, but that's just not, <laughs> that's just not reality. So excited that she is elevated to chairman of the board and is gonna stay really close to the business. Um, Dave is an amazing fit for this role. He is such a people-based leader, which is you know very very much the legacy that Mary leaves. Um, he's an incredible team builder, and he has incredible um, business acumen and focus on the future. So I feel like all of those things are the things that analysts see in him, that the beauty industry sees in him, that Mary sees in him, that the board sees in him. You know, and personally, I I love working with and for Dave. It's an incredible partnership. And I've known him for over 15 years now, way before uh, before Ulta Beauty. And, yeah. you know, Dave, Dave is one of the reasons that I came to Ulta Beauty. So that's how much, you know, I look up to him and respect him. And it just is what makes me really excited about this next chapter and it really being a seamless transition because of our amazing executive team. And, you know, I, I couldn't be more proud to be a part of it. You know, it's funny, I give, uh, when I'm talking to people that just joined the company or that are earlier in their careers, one of the pieces of advice I give them is, you know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And so being able to, you know, bring a relationship that you've built over 15 years to, you know, to where it is today is just so cool. What, where, where did you guys start working together? This has to be before GFK, before Kellogg's. When, when was this? It was at, Pep, at PepsiCo. We, we, worked oh, it was? On the, okay. we worked on the Quaker business together. So, yeah, I mean, what a long-term relationship affords you is a great amount of trust and respect and understanding each other. 
And, um, and I think we are great compliments for each other as we think about the business in many similar ways, but we think about the business in many different ways. So, um, you know, it's a unique situation to have such a long-term relationship. And it's, you know, the, the same thing with Mary and Dave and why there's such trust there. They've, they've now worked together at three different companies over the course of their careers. So that, you know, again, that kind of like trust, respect, understanding of each other. And, you know, Mary talks about this all the time, like bringing out the best in each other. And that's what you hope for, you know, in a, in a great um, relationship with your boss and, and with your peers and, and really what we've built at Ulta Beauty. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like we could spend the entire show talking about the kind of job that Mary's done over the last eight years, but I do want to have today be focused on you because that is why people are here. So let's, so let's talk a little bit about your journey. Um, so you went from, you know, breakfast cereal to beauty. Uh, what, what drew you outside of, you know, outside of Dave, what, what drew you to Ulta Beauty, um, and to the, to the category? Yeah, I mean, Dave and Mary were big, big reasons because I felt like they were about to do something special. They they hadn't been there for very long and, and they were, you know, both of them really believe in the power of brand building and the power of marketing. And, um, and, you know, to have a CEO who believes in that and wants to create that in the company is, um, is such a great opportunity. And I, I looked at the, the brand and the company as kind of, you know, what I like to call wet sand. It's like moldable. <laughs> it, you mm-hmm. know, it had a perception in people's heads, although we were still only in the like mid 70 range, even in aided awareness. So a, a lot of room for growth. And I, I felt like a lot of room to be able to craft something and create something. And, you know, the point of from breakfast cereals to beauty is is a, a really big one. I, I loved being in, you know, cookies, crackers, snacks and cereals for, for a lot of my career. I felt like it was a very engaged um, category. And, you know, we were at quite Quaker. We were in the health space. So that was really interesting and fun. But there's nothing like beauty. Beauty is so highly personal, so, so highly engaged. It creates connection. It creates sense of self, self-expression. Like it's just, it, I just saw it as so ripe for doing something really special, kind of beyond the brands that we carry, really creating, you know, the, the story of Ulta Beauty. So that that's to me kind of in a nutshell, like the leaders, what the leaders wanted to create and build, um, and then the idea of being able to do something in a really special category. And I'm, I'm really a builder and a creator. So I looked at that as a, kind of an unheard of opportunity in marketing. You know, you go to, go to a lot of big brands and I'd worked on a lot of them and you, you can steer the ship like this much. <laughs> like you're like, okay, I can take it a little bit like this and like that. And I, I did get to do a lot of, you know, big things like, you know, shifting Quaker from only being about heart health to that, but so much more when you think about energy and fueling. So, so, you know, you can do some of those things on kind of big iconic brands, but building something kind of from the ground up was, was pretty amazing. And then building the team too. I, you know, when, when I started there hadn't, the, the role that I took as at the time VP of brand marketing didn't exist. And it was kind mm-hmm. of, you know, Dave pulling a couple of the pieces together of the different parts of the team that existed in different areas of the business and kind of saying, 
here, I, I really want us to make something of this. And I'm just so incredibly proud of the teams that we built, the leaders that we've built, the prowess that we've built um, in marketing. And, and I really, you know, I, I believe that we are world-class marketers now. And that, you know, that's part of the legacy that Mary leaves and something that I'm particularly proud of. You mentioned unaided awareness at the beginning or like during that response. And I think that for me, I love that you come from a background of brand marketing. I'm a huge brand marketing fan, actually, frankly, more than a performance marketing fan. I think performance marketing can measure the wrong things and can become really, uh, uh, well, anyways. Um, so for you, you know, I don't think awareness is actually the problem for Ulta anymore, right? I think that most people, at least in the United States, are fairly aware of the brand. So what are the KPIs that you focus on now? Like what are, you know, for the next three to five years, what are the big things that you guys are driving towards? I, I think it's a great question. And you have a lot in that question that, that yeah. <laughs> talk about. I like there's a bunch of things in there. So I, I know it's, pack, it's my it's my biggest flaw as a podcast host. I'm like, I, I love it. three questions at you. But um, yeah, go I, ahead. I love it, though. I have go for I, it. So, you know, so many opinions on everything that you just said. <laughs> But we'll, we'll start with, you know, the idea of brand building and, you know, just rewind um, to six years ago and we were building the proposition for people because we needed to drive that, you know, that top of mind and, and aided awareness. And we started with a really, really simple proposition, all things beauty, all in one place. And we meant it to be very functional at the time to really just say, this is this is what Ulta Beauty is in case you don't know, which many of you apparently don't. And um, and and so that was, you know, an era of really solidifying internally, even that we think about ourselves as a brand. We think about our personality as a person, fresh, fun and real. We, you know, completely rethought the identity of the brand and the sub brands, you know, starting to look at it like a classic brand architecture of having mm -hmm. a master brand and then having Ulta Beauty Collection is a sub brand. Ultimate Rewards is a sub brand. The, the salon at Ulta Beauty is a sub brand and all mm -hmm. of these should work together as a family, right? This is just like classic foundational um, brand, brand building. So we, we knew though that what we wanted to do was shift gears once we started to really solidify that. So at the point that we started to see our, you know, aided awareness and top of mind awareness really taking off. In fact, we've, we've delivered a 16 point increase in both over the past five years. Um, then we were able to, to really shift into something that was the, the emotional connection. Okay, so mm -hmm. now, now we're moving into the, let's take this industry that's ripe for something really, really special and craft our brand into something really, really meaningful and purposeful. And so we, we spent about a year, um, you know, this was in the, the very early days, about a year, really understanding the different territories that we could go into and how we mm -hmm. might articulate those and bring those to life. We, we worked with both consumers, consumers that are Ulta Beauty consumers and non, of course. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then totally. also our associates. And that was really, really important to me that we get the associates involved, um, not just to bring them along, but because they had, they had true impact on where we were going to be going from a brand because um, they, you know, many of them, thousands and thousands of them in the stores every day are the people that live our brand. 
They are the people that bring the human connection and the brand and the purpose to life. And so out of all of that was born our true north. And, and it's really not just a comms true north, it's a company true north. The idea that we bring out the possibilities that lie within every person by using the powers of beauty. That's really what we've been bringing to life in the last three years. So that, that's been pretty, um, pretty awesome. So yeah. it, it you know, goes back to your point of like, what, what do we measure and what's important? Certainly performance mm -hmm. marketing is important. And, um, and, you know, and, and driving that through data and understanding and optimization. The big picture too, about what we build as a brand and about the attributes that we are growing when you think about leader in beauty, trusted, meaningful. And the other one I'm gonna talk about for a second is integrity. And you know, we talked about Mary and Dave and the executive team and how we operate internally. And we hope to be able to express that externally with everything we do with our brand purpose platform. And the thing that I, I think is so cool about 2020 is that we actually increased the brand attribute of integrity by eight points in one, in one year, in about, about a six month period. That just shows <laughs> that you know, it, it matters how we go to market matters, how we treat people internally matters and people are watching and it and it means something to them. So I think that that's pretty cool. And those types of attributes are going to be what, you know, are incredibly important to us moving forward. Consumers, like I said, are watching. They expect yep. more of brands. 2020 just exacerbated that tenfold. And we believe that we, we are a brand with our own high standards and you know, we intend to shape the way the world sees beauty. And, um, and I think that matters to people. See, now I have like four questions coming out of that response. Uh, I wanna talk about the pandemic, I wanna talk about associates, I wanna talk about, there's a bunch of stuff there. I'm trying to figure out which one I wanna do first. Let's talk about associates a little bit, right? So I think that um, for me, one of the stories that stood out, right? Like I would be one of those people that would probably have gone integrity up a little bit um, in terms of my response. Uh, I just remember during the pandemic, you guys uh, invested pretty heavily in keeping the team on and trying to help them navigate through this because, you know, of course, if we were to lose our jobs, it would be terrible, but it's not the same as somebody who's uh, just getting started in their career. So talk to me about how you work with them to help shape the brand vision, because I think that is a big differentiating factor for you guys as a retailer versus say, um, you know, uh, not, well, I won't mention any names, but versus more traditional mass retailers. Um, so talk to me about how you work with them, how you train them, how you hire them. I'd love to think about that more. Yeah. Well, I am really proud. I'll start with the pandemic. I mean, it's ironic, right? That we're sitting here exactly one year ago. Super weird. Today Super weird. <laughs> is, you know, was our kind of first day at home. And, um, and I'm just so proud of how our teams have connected and cared for each other over the past year. I honestly think it is because of the work that we've done to um, to grow the teams and grow relationships and create that trust across teams and with our external agencies as well, it was it was the linchpin to us being able to you know not only operate in those crazy you know those crazy few months of 
closing stores and and figuring out how to be a 100% e-com business, which I'll circle back to, but also being able to do this for a year, a year now. Yep. I tell my teams yeah. all the time how proud I am of how they've navigated this together. Um, but, you know, s- circling back to the one year ago, it was... It was March 19th, so in you know we'll, we'll hit this anniversary in a couple of days. March 19th, when we decided to close stores, which was incredibly difficult. And, and at that time, we thought it was only gonna be for two or three weeks. Mm-hmm, um, and it mm-hmm. ended up being months. And- I have some very damning text messages where I'm like, this thing's gonna wrap up like by April, June, you know, like, anyways, it's just crazy to think about Anyways, keep going, keep going. I mean, I just I just said to my team this morning, if anyone would have told you that we'd be doing this a year later last year, what would you you would have been like, you're crazy. That's never that's not even a reality. It's just it's wild. But I'm I'm really, you know, to your point of like how we handled the even the discussions with employees and you know, then ultimately we did have to furlough um, you know, thousands and thousands of people. But again, I'm so proud of how our teams handled that. And, you know, that that's a reflection of, of our team caring. It's a reflection of Mary, Dave, and then Keisha Steelman, who is our chief store operations officer, who in June is going to become our, um, our CEO, COO. And, oh, wow. you know, she she and her team are just exceptional and they they always put people at the center of everything we do. It's another thing that is is truly Mary's legacy. And, you know, I think 2020 was a showcase of that. And, you know, back to the thought of the, the brand and how we bring the brand to life. Keisha has been an incredible partner to me since the early days of defining how we want to bring the brand to life. In fact, like sitting behind me is our brand book um, number one from, <laughs> from our first generation of, uh, of branding. And Keisha worked so closely with me to bring it to life at our general managers conference. That was truly the unveiling. We made that the centerpiece of unveiling the brand and where we were headed and the identity because the general managers are the are the, the linchpin to everything and how we express ourselves to the world. So that partnership between Keisha and me in bringing this to life and really infusing it into our 40,000 plus associates across the country has been has been really key. And those general managers do a great job infusing that into their teams that are in the stores. And you know, just circling back to the idea that they loved this purpose because mm-hmm. that is what they feel like they're doing every day in the stores. They're bringing out people's possibilities. And and when we launched the the brand platform, that's when the stories started coming out too. Stories of, yeah. you know, a salon associate spending 8 hours, you know, unraveling the hair of someone who had been in deep depression and couldn't get out of bed. You know, those <laughs> like that chokes me up. Those are the stories yeah. that that meaningfully bring our brand purpose to life. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of weird to think about functionally how many people touch the company on like a daily basis uh, or on an annualized basis. I mean, it's you know tens of millions, hundred million plus, 
Uh, and each one of those people is interacting because they want to interact with the brand, not because they have to typically. So that's super cool. Well, you've talked, you talked a little bit about, you know, the different teams you interacted with there, you know, for those that want to be a CMO, right? The people that aspire to be in the role that you're in today, I'd love for them to understand a little bit more just about how you spend your day. Like from a day-to-day perspective, who are the teams that you interact with? What are the key initiatives you think about on a quarterly, annual, weekly basis? Um, would love to hear about that, that part of your life. Um, and personally, I'm curious too. Like I don't, I have no idea how you spend your day. I'm, I want to know. Well, talking to people like you, Connor. Is- <laughs> <laughs> it's just all podcasts, right? It's just one after another, after another, just one giant podcast. And, you know, I have a meeting here and there and everybody else does the work and I just kind of watch. And yeah, that's, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, right? that that's would, what happens that when you get to the cool. top. That would be, that would be really cool. Um, maybe in the next chapter in my career, that'll be, <laughs> that'll yeah, be. Thank you. That's, that's retirement, right? That's, that's when you join the, exactly. you join boards and you just, you just kind of watch other people. You're like, Ooh, you had, you had a really bad quarter. You need to get better. Um, you should do a better job next time. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, here's how I, here's how I think about my job. And then I'll tell you a little bit about how I spend my, my days. Um, you know, I'm here to set a vision for the team and always be looking toward the future, you know, and even in 2020, as deep as I had to get into the day-to-day management of the business, opening stores, closing stores, standing up curbside, it's, a, you know, it was just, yeah. it was wild. We, we had a layer of work that we were still doing that's, you know, pointing us to the future. So really working on where do we need to go in, in the future? And that's both from a strategy standpoint, as well as a capabilities you know, org structure, how the teams are going to work, that that is more important than ever before, because we thought things were changing fast before 2020. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you had a black swan event, right? These just don't happen very often in life. And so it's, yeah, it's such a dramatic, and especially as somebody who has such a big physical footprint, like it is it's just turned upside down, but um, yeah, keep going. Sorry. I mean, it's, it's seismic. And I just, I, I believe that things will keep changing at this pace now forevermore. And so the mm-hmm. idea of um, this, you know, constant evolution of strategy and team is how I spent my time before. It's even more how I spend my time now. Where do we need to go? Mm-hmm. And um, and a lot of that is learning from outside people, where are other industries going, where are other companies going. So we do we we have done a lot more establishing um, you know non-competitive partnerships to be able to share those things and 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 mm-hmm. help you know friends in the industry and and I think that's really cool. So you know that's certainly a big part of how I spend my time. The, the way I think about priorities is 100% based on our company's priorities. So our big mm-hmm. initiatives like winning in skin, conscious beauty at Ulta Beauty, which we launched in the pandemic year in, in October, was one of those future focused things that we were like, we can't slow down, we have to keep going. Um, those are the types of things that I, I spend my time and focus on big campaigns. We also launched where dreams begin in August. So it was, you know, a year that was no rest for the weary. So big, big campaigns, um, big initiatives. And, and my job is really to connect the dots. Um, and it's to work across the leadership team. So I'll get back to that because that was one of your questions in there. And yeah. to be able to 
help people make things bigger, clearer, better. So that guidance that I'm providing, you know, at key milestones along the way for all of those initiatives is really how I spend my time. And then team building. You know, when mm-hmm. I when I think mm-hmm. about the crux of what we need to do, I think about the strength of the marketing team, the strength of the marketing team's relationships within the company. Those kinds of things are are just key foundation for us. So that's a that's a lot of how I spend my time. So the just, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say when you say team building, there, my mind instantly jumps to recruiting. Like I had a, a question, I was like, oh, I want to ask her about this part of the recruiting process. But then you dove into like, no, 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 this is about building cross-functional relationships and about like growing the existing team rather than recruiting. That's, uh, it's just, I don't know, it's fun when somebody surprises you with an answer. Um, anyways, keep going. I mean, that, that has been even more important. Honestly, the understanding, the empathy, the insight of the team through 2020. And I spent a lot of time with individual teams. You know, then in January, we had a a major rethink, restructure, organizational change. And since that time, I've been even more focused on spending time with individual teams, doing a couple things. One, helping them envision where we're going and why we made the changes that we did. And two, Mm -hmm. getting their input and getting their insight and their ideas and their understanding as we shape the future of marketing at Ulta Beauty together. So, mm-hmm. you know, back to how I spend my time. I mean, that that's a, that's a huge focus of mine. And if you, you look at my calendar over the last couple months, <laughs> that those individual team meetings and then individual one-on-ones um, have been really, really important. And that those are the kinds of things that are, you know, I, I think so key to the incredible culture that we've created. Um, again, back to Mary's legacy and the importance of that to Dave and why that's going to be, you know, a very seamless transition. And then, you know, back back to your question on other functions, the, you know, going to market is not, a, you know, it's not a solo sport. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not like it's marketing. And no, we've got lot. We've got the digital team. We've got the merchandising team. I mentioned the store teams. These these teams and being on the same page are really, really important. And, you know, my relationship and work across my peers and with our leadership team to do even more to, you know, this has been my mantra mantra over the past year, simplification, prioritization, decisiveness, clarity. And, you know, last year, 365 days ago, I wrote those words on a piece of paper and put them up on the wall. And that has been my focus within my team. And then I I really doubled down on how I do that across the leadership team with my peers. So Mm -hmm. that's, um, you know, that that's a lot of how I spend my time, too. And I want us to be, you know, as as leaders in the organization, I want us to be a united front, being Mm -hmm. able to give the teams, you know, prioritization, simplification, decisiveness and clarity. So that's yeah, that that's the the, that's kind of how I spend my time in a nutshell. (laughs) <laughs> that makes sense. Sounds like a lot, uh, to say the least. I love that idea. I mean, like all of those words, the thing that runs through my mind is focus. Um, I think focus is incredibly difficult to do. 
because there are always, you know, there's always this shiny new object. There's always, there's always more that you can do. There's always more budget you can spend, obviously, as a, as a CMO. So being able to be focused is, is super critical, particularly during difficult times. Like, how do we condense this down into the two or three things that are the most important so that everybody can uh, row in the right direction? Um, so I want to spend some time because the people that are going to be listening to this podcast are going to be primarily brands, right? It's going to be brands that, you know, want to know that are either in Ulta and want to know more about what your vision is for the future or smaller brands that are making the decision between, you know, staying direct to consumer or going retail or going to different retailers. Do I go to Ulta or do I go to Target or do I go to Sephora? So I'd love to just really dive into that topic of your relationship with the brands and how you think about that from a marketing perspective. Because I know that, um, you know, having a reputation as a brand builder is, is pretty critical. So maybe high level before I go into the, the specific questions, how do you think about your relationship with the brands from a marketing perspective? And then how do you interact with them to uh, kind of co-market yourself? Well, first of all, we, you know, we, we don't think of them as vendors. We think about yeah. them as brand partners. They really mm -hmm. are partners. We think about ourselves and brands think about us as a place for growth. We've mm -hmm. had an unbelievable mm -hmm. growth story. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about that. Yeah. When brands look around and survey the landscape, <laughs> it's pretty clear that Ulta Beauty is a place for brands to, to grow. And, yeah. um, and, you know, second, I would say I'm, I'm very proud, you know, back to a, a data point, I'm very proud that um, we are the number one preferred brand partner. McKinsey actually did a study last year to understand um, our brand's perceptions. And mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. asked you know, who they most want to partner with, we were the number one on that list. That's cool. Versus any other retailer across all the retailers that you mentioned and, and so many more. That means a lot to us because, you know, back to how we operate as a team, um, partnership, collaboration, focus, vision, um, understanding, empathy, all of those things come to life in our partnerships with our brands. And mm -hmm. that's a big piece of why they, they want to work with us. And then the, the second thing, you know, I would say is back to the growth idea. We've done so much over the past five, six years to establish how we take brands to market. So think about big brand launches mm -hmm. like KVD Vegan Beauty, Beekman 1802. We're in the middle of our Alicia Keys Keys Soul Care launch. The way we've been able to take these brands to market and make a big splash and, and make them successful has has grown and grown as a you know key muscle of ours now. The second thing I would say is you know really ramping up ways for brands to invest with us and and use our data to make their marketing dollars and ours more successful. Um, mm. You know back to performance marketing and yeah. you know, return on ad spend. This is an area where you know because we have. 30 plus million guests and we have their, you know, beauty spend across categories, across price points, across your products and services, the ability for us to be able to target in the digital and social space and, um, and, and partner with our brands to be able to do that is really unparalleled. So that's been a really exciting piece and we're really going to ramp that, that 
opportunity up for the brands this year. Um, the, the last thing I would say is our big tent pole events, uh, like 21 days of beauty, which just started mm -hmm. yesterday mm -hmm. uh, is a, <laughs> nice. is a great, is a great opportunity for us to showcase a lot of the hero brands and so many more. Um, we, you know, we have 21 days of beauty. We have gorgeous hair event, love your skin event, all these tent pole events that our guests love. And they're looking for, you know, new products, hero products. And that's their kind of time of exploration that actually I'll, I'll mention one, one more, um, because it's particularly important when we think about smaller brands and how we nurture smaller brands, we've crafted mm -hmm. multiple platforms to be able to do that. One is sparked at Ulta beauty, which we launched about two and a half years ago. And that really is to take these digitally native up and coming brands um, and give them space in the store, space on the site and really bring their stories to life so that we can, you know, we, we can be the nurturers of these baby brands. Yep. And the last one I, I'd say is, you know, we, we've really doubled down in the last year on our focus on black owned brands and bringing those, those amazing brands and founders to life. Um, and it includes, you know, going all the way to at the end of January, launching our Muse platform, which stands for magnify, uplift, support and empower. And it's 100, 100% focused on celebrating black voices in beauty. So I'm excited about that, you know, that way that we bring brands in and bring them to the world. So 100% growth partner, and I'm really, I'm really proud of how we've built our reputation as the, the place for brands to come and grow. Yeah, everybody loves growth, right? Um, you, you don't have to be profitable. That, you don't that's have the to. Statement of the day. Everybody loves growth. Everybody loves growth. It's always better to be growing than not growing, right? Uh, what are your, I mean, that's, uh, let's talk about that. So what are your, like, what's going to drive the growth for Ulta for the next, I'm going to do long timeline, 10 years, next 10 years. Uh, what are going to be the, the growth stories for Ulta? Because, you know, I would assume eventually you run out of new places to put stores, right? Within the U S at least. So what, what are the big growth stories for you guys over the next, next decade? Yeah. Well, I'll maybe think three to five years out because now when anybody says 10 years, it feels a little like, hmm. Uh, <laughs> like, Who knows? Know. We might not Who even knows? have stores in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What, what that's going to look like. But, um, yeah. you know, multiple pieces. I mean, definitely a lot of what's happened is here to stay. So, you know, being able to shop anywhere, shop anytime. Um, so we see a lot of runway with things like curbside, you know, direct to home delivery, buy online, pick up in store. Um, you know, then I'll, I'll shift to the idea of what we're doing right now, which is connecting virtually. So, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of room in thinking about how we develop out content platforms, shoppable content platforms, um, how we continue to use our um, you know virtual try on Glam Lab, which you know we we launched before 2020, and it became critically important in 2020, especially yeah. when stores were closed. But even when stores opened, testers looked and still look very different. Yeah, and um, and the way our team has ramped that up has been incredible. 
We've got 12 times the engagement that we did than we did before the pandemic. We had 11 million shades tried on in 2020. So that just shows you the engagement. We've got more than that 7,000 products on there and we're adding 500 every week. So the team has just- well, the, the insider baseball I have on that is I listened to your other podcast from October. I think you were either six or eight X engagement. So <laughs> continues to go up. Ramping, uh, double, <laughs> double that. Uh, yeah. So you know, the, those types of innovations, and I'll, I'll mention Skin Advisor too, uh, the, the yeah. ability to explore, play, and get guidance virtually is you know something that's going to be critically important over the next few years. Um, you you know you mentioned stores. We we still think the stores are the heart of where beauty happens. I mean, the fact that people are mm -hmm. back in the stores, you know, just showcases that. Like people are ready to experience beauty and you know see things in person again. And we do think there's still runway for growth in the number of stores. Also, our target partnership is yeah. you know is a is I haven't even talked about that yet <laughs> and that's, that's part of our omni-channel strategy it's another mm -hmm. point of distribution they've obviously got unbelievable traffic and you know have have really um come out strong out of the pandemic year as an essential retailer that people yeah. absolutely love so I'm excited about that growth and we'll open a hundred, a hundred or so of those in the back half of this year with many, many more to come. Excited about the experience that we're bringing together there. I think yep, it's going to be yep. a very innovative, um, upscale approach and the power of our loyalty programs with our over 30 million, they're over 70 million. So a hundred million guests between the two of us to be able to reach those beauty lovers um, in a new way is is pretty incredible. I think there will be many more, you know, innovative partnerships to come, um, and then you know, innovation in our ecom business as we think yeah. about the the shift there. Um, so you know, the stores and the 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 ecom business play a big role together. They always have, and that continues to evolve. So. Um, so I think, you know, being able to support that and really innovate in that space, we're really proud of the app that we have and the teams have done so much amazing work on that over the last couple of years. So we've got, you know, amazing content, easy shopability, Glam Lab, Skin Advisor, you know, the, there's a huge amount of runway in all of those spaces for us to be able to continue to cement our leadership and our, and our growth story. And people still love beauty. It, yep. Which is, you know, is fantastic. Whether they're at home or they're at work, they they still love it. They do. Um, and I actually, I, you know, I, I did some investigation into the app. It was eight hundred thousand reviews, five five out of five Pretty good in terms of. Uh, and actually, I want I want to kind of talk about that a little bit. So. Um, functionally, this is a quick question. Does functionally, does digital report directly into you or is it a separate group that reports into Dave or the, you know, how does that work? Yeah. My, my peer Pramabat leads yep. the digital e-com team. Um, yep. so they, you know, they're, they're responsible for that. And then I have within my creative team, um, yep. cr digital creative digital creative okay. and, and product development. So that team works, you know, hand in hand. We work hand in hand with Prama and yep. her team to be able to bring that to life. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, 
you know, when you started your career in marketing, right? Uh, digital was, you know, starting to be a thing, but it's not like it is today. And it's just, it's kind of wild for me to think about, you know, as somebody that, um, you know, runs like a, a kind of a pure technology company, how much technology there is in a company like Ulta, right? That you guys have gone out, acquired companies that are technology based, that you've got an app that's got integrated, you know, AR, um, you know, AR technology, which is super cool. It's just such a different skill set that I think you had to have when Procter and Gamble first came around. Um, it's just really cool, really cool to see. I agree. I was just thinking about that, Connor, a couple of weeks ago because, you know, even my early days at Quaker when we were launching a new product. It would be, you know, you, you had only a certain number of levers you could pull. You could do like mm -hmm. a coupon in the grocery store. You could do floor talker in the grocery store. You could do an ad. You could maybe do radio. You could do an insert in the newspaper. I mean, you just you just didn't have. <laughs> There's just, like you have like, six levers. Decide which ones you want to do. And like, OK, uh, 20 to 25 percent here. And, you know, like exactly. You just, put together a plan and, and, you know, take it to leadership. And it's like, that's an amazing plan. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, now it's now I just I love it so much more because it's so much more dynamic. <laughs> And there are always new tools and, you know, now what's the role of TikTok and what's, you know, I mean, and other emerging platforms and, you know, we're doing live streaming and, you know, the idea that all of this would be where we were going is, you know, probably would have been surreal to like the us, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah, totally. But, but the, mean... the content centricity and the the idea that as much as we are data and technology creativity and ideas are more meaningful than ever before so you know oh, yeah. just we try to remind ourselves that internally too is like you know in this era of ai and and data centricity ideas and creativity are still king I mean, I think they're more king than they used to be because, you know, now there's so much out there. It's like I remember watching the Super Bowl and the people watching it were kind of like, eh, like, I don't know, didn't love the ads, right? Like they were okay, but that was kind of part of the reason you tuned in. And uh, and I remember it was somebody on Twitter was like, you know, I don't think it's that the ads got any worse. It's like, I think our expectations of content have just gotten higher, right? Like when I go into TikTok, I laugh out loud for 40 minutes. Like I can't, like that's just hard to replicate that because you, so many more people are allowed to be creative now that it's it's raised the collective game. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so aligned with that. Right. Um, yeah, and think about how many times a week, I know we're, we're like this, you're sharing a TikTok with, you know, your family and friends because it's so funny and so clever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, totally. That's That's where we are with content. Yeah. Well, I want to hit two big topics before we go into the fun end of show questions. One is Target. We'll get to that because I want to talk about that. That's a huge deal, right? It's a very, very non-traditional thing to do. Um, and then the first one, though, just so that we make sure we get to it, because the people that listen to this are pretty interested in influencer marketing. So what are some of your philosophies? How have you approached the space? Yeah, the, the way we've approached it has really changed over the past few years. And, you know, we, we try things and then we adjust. And, you know, I think, mm -hmm. the, you know, we as a team continually think about amplification, which is the, the reach that influencers have. 
um, but engagement more and more, mm -hmm. which is, you know, that true connection and people really, you know, w wanting to connect with that influencer, you know, trusting that influencer, which is big, right? I mean, yeah, a lot's happened totally. in the beauty landscape with influencers <laughs> over the past few years. It's kind of been, you know, a, a drama. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, content. Um, and, and true creation. So there, you know, there are people that might ha not have the amplification or even the engagement, but back to the, your, your point about the creativity of content. So we, we kind mm -hmm. of look at all three of those layers and, and have an influencer strategy at all three. And mm. then the other thing that I would say is, you know, a, a year ago we launched the Ulta Beauty Collective, which mm -hmm. is, uh, a portfolio of influencers that we work with on a consistent basis for a whole year. And that gives us the ability to really create much more of a relationship with them, um, be able to have them create content over the course of time, whether it's for a tentpole event or a big initiative like Skin or Conscious Beauty. And it really gives us that kind of longevity and horizontal view with them, which has been extremely powerful. And not only have they been great for us to make connections with consumers, they they give us a lot of insight back in. So they're mm -hmm. almost like a, a kind of a, a mini advisory panel back in to us because yeah. they are so close to our guest. And, and that's really been fantastic. So we just kicked off our second year of the Ulta Beauty Collective and, and that's mm -hmm. been really great. And then the, the, you know, the other thing we do, speaking of amplification, is when we do go into these tentpole events like 21 Days of Beauty, we, you know, we, we add there. Um, and then the last thing I would say is things have evolved in the type of influencer. You know, it was um, very makeup artist focused. Yep in yeah. the early days. And there's definitely a huge role for amazing makeup artist influencers. And also, you know, we think about skin influencers yeah. and broader lifestyle um, and, and how beauty fits within that. And, and that's been, you know, a big evolution um, for us as well. And, you know, I think it mimics our evolution as a brand as well in the early days when we were trying to cement all things beauty all in one place. It was very mm -hmm. important for us to have influencer partnerships with makeup artists. Mm -hmm. And now as we, you know, have really evolved into our possibilities purpose platform, this idea of a much bigger role in people's lives, you know, with influencers who have a much wider kind of span and purview has been part of the evolution in parallel. So excited about where this is headed. I mean, this is, you know, this is a space, speaking of TikTok, that continues to change. You've got new um, kind of like QVC live streaming apps popping up. I mean, this is just going to, like I mentioned, the idea of things changing faster than ever before is kind of here to stay. Yeah, um, for sure. Influencer space and the the intersection with social media and other ways of bringing that to life is no exception. It's going to change really, really fast. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of the best feature of it, but also the uh, thing that makes it most difficult. I think. Um, I mean, I, I remember thinking two years ago, I'm like, well, it's just going to be Google and Facebook. It's like, oh no, not really, right? So, uh, yeah. 
Well, let's let's hit the last one, and then we'll do. I'm, I'm going to limit it to one fun end of show question. I don't know if you're going to like it, but we're going to do it. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk Ulta Target for like five minutes. So you know, from my perspective, super interesting. I mean, I think that if you think about kind of the role that Target plays as being like a curator, being you know, it elevates right. It's not just a retailer. Um, they've got specialized sections of the store that each try to. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a really cool experience. And as well as being like, you know, they have a sizable beauty business. So to, you know, hand that over or to give space to somebody else is a big deal, right? Particularly, you know, not necessarily a competing retailer, but kind of a competing retailer. And so that's, you know, that in and of itself is, is a really big deal. And then for you guys, you know, your, your background or your focus on being the kind of beauty guru, right. Or having that, that beauty expertise, um, and bringing that to the table, that's gotta be, well, actually that's gotta be a big part of it. But then also, um, I'm assuming that this kind of came about during the pandemic when, you know, Hey, like having exposure in an essential retailer is obviously beneficial for us if anything like this comes back again. And so it's just a fascinating, uh, topic. So, you know, starting at the top, you know, what are some of the considerations that you have to think about now that you guys have decided to do it? Like how much interaction are you doing with the target team? How do you think about supporting them, but also supporting yourself? Like talk to me about that, that dynamic. I mean, we are so excited about the partnership and, you know, you start with two brands that have very similar DNA. When you think about authenticity and mm -hmm. trust with consumers. There's so much alignment. You so know much. I mean? It just feels right. So much. And, and that's why consumers, I mean, when we announced it, you go look yep. at like the Instagram responses. It was like, ah, two of my favorites. That had to, <clears throat> that'd be a really exciting time that day. Be like, Hey guys, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. And then you throw a yeah. Starbucks in there because, you know, beauty lovers were like, Target, Starbucks, and Ulta Beauty? This is a dream come true. Yeah, um, sure. so, so that's awesome. You know, I think you mentioned our beauty expertise and, mm -hmm. you know, consumers look at us as the number one beauty destination, um, particular strength with Gen Z, up and coming beauty lovers. And, yeah. you know, we're seen as number one in hair, makeup, and skin. I mean, th this is something that we bring uniquely into the, the Target space. Target has been doing a great job with their, their beauty department and their mm -hmm. beauty growth. So this just takes it to the next level for, for them. Being able to bring in a lot of prestige, um, iconic brands into the Target space for the first time under this, you know, curated um, and and elevated Ulta Beauty experience is what is mm -hmm. really special. We'll have those iconic brands. We'll have curated discovery zones. We're going to have a Target team member that's trained by Ulta Beauty in in beauty. Yeah. That's going to staff that 100% of the time. So it's going to be, you know, a, a, a highly interactive, human connected experience, which is is really exciting. To your question of you know the interworkings of the teams, yes, we we have established at all levels um, great working relationships with the target team to really bring the best of both worlds together. You know this is this is why this 
it, it, you know, it's like, huh, to people. And then, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, it's kind of their reaction. <laughs> like it totally yeah. makes sense that these two um, powerhouses would come together. So now it's just us kind of working the, the fine tuning that we're working on how we express the proposition. We're finalizing what the store environment is gonna look like. We're finalizing what training of the associates are gonna look like. Um, our brand partners um, are such a key piece of this and they are really excited about the partnership yeah. and they're really excited to help make, you know, make that work. And all of that's kind of setting up new processes. Like we're working with Ulta Beauty and Target. How does that work? So, yeah. you know, that, that's all the kind of the inner working of what we're working through right now. But, you know, not only are we two brands that, you know, from a brand standpoint to consumers feel like we are simpatico, we're also like that is to internal teams and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, feel like we share a lot of the same values of how we collaborate and how we think about the business. So I'm really proud of how our teams have been working through that together. We're making tremendous amount of progress and we're really excited to, to launch it at the back half this year, get people, get people in the store. We really believe that this creates an ecosystem, a stronger beauty ecosystem, you know, back and forth from Target to Ulta Beauty. So that's, no. you know, that's where I think it's really special. It seems fantastic. Well, let's, let's do rapid fire the last one. I'll tell you my biggest trepidation coming into this, this podcast was during an interview, you mentioned that you guys played a lot of cards during um, the pandemic, but that you don't like playing cards. And I have to tell you, being one of the most competitive people I know, that that was, uh, I, might, I almost shut down the interview. So why, I love cards, so tell me why, why do you not like cards? Oh my gosh, and, uh, I, the fact that you're I bringing this, yeah, the fact that you're bringing <laughs> this up for the, the question, my husband, after I had said that, I think I said that in a podcast and I think I said it in an interview, yeah, and he, yeah. he's like, why do you have to tell everyone you don't like playing cards? <laughs> so he's going to love that you brought this up. Okay, so in a nutshell, I, I didn't really grow up playing cards. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe Uno. Uno's the one exception. Like we played a lot of a lot of Uno growing up, but I didn't really I didn't really play cards growing up. Um, and but my husband's family are huge card players. <laughs> so <laughs> and that's they, and they play for like like I don't mind sitting down for an hour and playing cards, but they will play for like six hours, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> So it's an in-law thing. I know that. I've had that happen where it's like, I'll tell you, my, uh, I'm gonna, they're going to kill me. I'm in their house right now. We, my my in-laws love hiking. And so, you know, so I went on a hike with, and my wife loves hiking. So I went on a hike with my wife and it was like, you know, it was like a eight, nine mile hike. And then, you know, and then all their birthdays are in March. So it's like, okay, so then we're going on another hike. And it was like a four hour hike. And like, oh, just wait for next week. It's going to be even more. And I'm like, I don't, I, I like hiking a little bit. I don't need to hike for four hours every weekend like i'm okay with that like i'll do an hour or two like i'm good come back uh anyways let's right. give it a wrap i really appreciate it shelly thanks so much for taking the time out i know i learned a lot today i'm sure everybody else did too and uh good luck in the next few years congrats on surviving the last 365 days what a cool kind of uh slice in time for us to be doing this and uh yeah just really appreciate it yeah it was great talking to you had a lot of fun thanks for having awesome. me awesome all right bye shelly bye connor Hit subscribe now.
earned by Tribe Dynamics. Tribe Dynamics unlocks your social media influencer community. Our platform not only tracks and measures your best influencer relationships, but discovers new influencers to grow your business through earned media. Get started with a demo today at TribeDynamics.com. TribeDynamics.com.